press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, it's strange to see you back home in Cleveland. I know. And even better, I'll see you in real life in a few hours, which is so exciting. Also, I love your haircut. Thank you. I decided to take it take it really close on the sides. I know. Like every other gay man in the summertime. But, and, you know. and of course, we're on a podcast so no one can actually see it, which is, you know intuitive thinking of me to bring that up but anyway i'm so excited we're going to a wedding tonight columbus pride weekend it's going to be so great it is in the next weekend new york pride i don't know when this is going to come out but i'm so excited for new york pride normally like i get really anxious about it like what am i going to wear what am i going to do what wig am i going to put on but you know (laughs) it's for me i'm just excited to like see friends you know having not lived in the city now i mean you're whenever i visit you there i see a lot of friends but i feel like i'm going to see all my my queer peeps throughout the weekend. Love it. Are you going to see any shows while you're there? I saw everything pretty much new when I, when I was in town in April, including the show that our guest is in today. So don't worry, I'm not going to skip out on the show. Um, <laughs> and, but I'm thinking Circle Jerk Live with our pals Michael and Patrick, who are doing that off Broadway. Love. But I do really still want to see, I still want to see um, POTUS before it closes. Oh, I think it's really to. funny. Yeah. You have to. I wonder if our guest has seen it or probably not because they've been running. I, the same- probably not. <laughs> when anyway. you're in a show, I mean, there's like probably rare opportunities to see anything else. But let's let's jump right in and talk to our guest. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And you know, every so often we'll do these things on our social media where we'll do a call to action and we'll say, who do you want us to talk to? Who do you want us to talk to? And without fail, this name always comes up. And truly now is the moment i know and i have theories as to why but anyway we'll get into it we'll get into it mm, dylan would mm. you do us the honor a I great would. honor our guest today is a broadway star currently holding down the fort as the fierce and feisty annie o'brien in paradise square before the scene stealing role came her way there's a pretty good chance you saw her as the titular role in beautiful the carol king musical on broadway as she clocked in over 1200 performances or perhaps as Mary Magdalene in Jesus Christ Superstar, also on Broadway. Our guest has a range, honey, as she originated the role of Dina in the first national tour of the band's visit, Binky in This Ain't No Disco at Atlantic Theatre Company, which I loved, and played Sophie in the tour of Mamma Mia with Canadian Roots. She recently played Elle in the one-woman play The Human Voice, Philia in Des McEnough's A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum in Toronto, Ross Petty's pantomime The Little Mermaid, in which she received a Toronto Theatre Critics Award for playing the titular role. She has a thing for playing the titular role, I'm noticing. Three seasons at the Stratford Festival, three seasons at the Shaw Festival, and the Lord of the Rings musical, which if we have time, we'll definitely get to. She also played Phoebe in A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, Evangeline in the titular role of Evangeline, and is currently (laughs) developing a show that she composed and co-wrote entitled Call It Love. She's also the artistic producer of Toronto's Eclipse Theatre Company, as well as has an original album called what you find in a bottle. What can't she do? Please welcome to drama, Shalina Kennedy. Kennedy. Hi, thanks for having me. 
Oh my gosh. We are so excited. Like we mentioned, you have been by popular demand requested and I have wanted to chat with you for a long time. So I'm glad the timing finally worked out. Me too. Thank you so much. Wait, are you a redhead? Well, no, I'm sort of like a, I guess a chestnut mm. color. You know, I look at older pictures of myself when I was little and I, and I, I do definitely have some red in there, but it's darker. Yeah. And you obviously wear it too. You wear like a reddish wig in Paradise Square. I do. It's very red and I love it. I wish I could pull that off on a regular basis. <laughs> when I hear your voice, I can't help but hear the Irish accent that you do, the brogue, as they call it. So I'm thinking to myself, wow, she played Dina in the band's visit, in which you had a completely different accent. Like you mm-hmm. were, like I said, you have the range. You, you're you a master of accents. When you sang as Carol, you you didn't sound like you normally do. You you were Carol, you know, like you you slay. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, you know, they, it's 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 always fun to play somebody who is who is alive and who people know because you can embody them, you know. And my goal always with her was not to sort of be a Saturday Night Live impression, but to give a sense of you know how she sounded and and uh, and who she who she was. I know there's so many things that I definitely want to get into and chat about with you today. But first, we do like to start off every episode just by asking our guest, "Are you well?" I am. I'm very well. I mean, I've been sick, which is kind of a bummer. So I've been out of the show since Saturday night uh but i was able to make the tonys it's not covid yeah uh, but uh it is a regular cold though still happen i guess they tell me yeah, um, brave brave of those colds yeah, still yeah, try yeah. and come out there but i but i managed to do the tonys you know with uh some cough suppressant and a, a couple energy drinks <laughs> i was homesick for the rest of the week but hopefully tonight i'm back in the show did you have a celsius energy drink that seems to be all the rage now do you know what I'm so into lately is are the buy a drinks from Starbucks. Everyone's like, oh. what are those? Because nobody's tried them. Even the people in Starbucks are like, are those good? I'm like, they're amazing. And you need to try them because I've tried every energy drink. And believe me, this one is by far the best. Like all this vitamin C, all this great stuff. Amazing. And then the caffeine from the natural coffee bean. Oh my gosh, I'm a walking advertisement. No, I, I'm a Starbucks. I literally got my Starbucks here. So like, don't. <laughs> I'm such a hoe for Starbucks. People love to hate Starbucks. The people are always like, they burn their beans. Like, how would I know what the beans are supposed to taste like? I've been brainwashed by Starbucks beans my whole life. I mean, listen, I, I do like, I love Starbucks. I love, I mean, there's, I love all the mom and pop places, but this energy drink is by far the okay. best thing I've ever had. And I've had like, you know, monsters and Red Bulls and all that. <laughs> <laughs> feeling crazy. I've never had a monster. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not sure. I'm not I sure know. about it. <laughs> it's pretty intense. <laughs> I know. Wait, isn't there a Starbucks on the corner of 47th and 8th? Right by the theater, or are you guys on Forty Eight? There are two. There are, we are literally between two Starbucks. I can, I, I never can believe it. It's just such a massive <laughs> company. Good lord! Like when I'm leaving the subway and I turn to the theater, it's like the biggest Starbucks I've ever seen. And then on the other corner, <laughs> you know, just in case that one's too busy. It's just yeah. like a little counter yeah. of is the other one. That one, I will say, kept me warm during many a cold morning when I would rush waitress. And I would always make a friend in the line because it was like the dead of winter that Sarah B would go in. And so I'd have to rush it in the below sub-zero temperatures. And I'd make a friend in the line and I would say, you go into the Starbucks for 20 minutes just to warm up and then we'll switch. The things we do for a cheap theater ticket. Wait, Jelena, have you ever gone in for Waitress? No, I have never auditioned for that show. Isn't that crazy? I'm surprised. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's so weird with those. I don't know. It's just weird with those things. Like, I would have loved to. I just sort of was never really on the radar. I don't know. I was always doing something else. Or Yeah. I, and same thing with Wicked. I would have loved to have gone in for Wicked. I've never been for that show either. Never say never. <laughs> I can't never believe say it. Never. <laughs> well, you've, you've played other very iconic and impactful roles. And like Dylan was saying, like, whenever we do these CTAs to get, you know, listeners telling us who they want, who they want, who they want, you're always on that list. And I have to think... 
well, I guess my question is, is the role people recognize you most for Carol King? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I've played her, uh, you know, they, they brought me up to Canada to do it when it was in Toronto. So oh. that's another reason too, you know, because I was sort of known for other things in Canada. And then they were like, come on, let's do it in Canada. And they wanted, you know, they wanted their own company, but uh, that didn't happen. So I'm surprised that didn't happen. Well, me too. But, you know, I'm grateful because I got to take a little break from Broadway and come up and do it at home. So that was really fun. That was in the middle of your Broadway run. Yes. Well, the the producers were super, super nice to me and they gave me some time off to do other projects. Like they also gave me a little time off to go and do This Ain't No Disco. Which I Um, love. Yeah. Well, (laughs) me too. That was a lot of fun. You were wild as hell in that show. Thank you. It was really fun. You know, I got to stretch my muscles a little bit and mm-hmm. be somebody bit quite different from Carol. Yeah. I didn't see that. What was that about? Did, didn't that have um, Jay Armstrong Johnson in it? No, it was Peter LaPrade. It was a great cast and uh, hmm. it was about Studio 54. Yeah. Samantha Ware. Samantha Ware. Oh, yes. She's great. Neil Stockman. Oh, he was yeah. amazing as uh, one of the, the owners. I forget their names now, but. Yeah. No, it was, it was really incredible. It was about, it was about Studio 54 in like 1979, 1980. And, uh, and what happened to Steve Rubell and all those, those Steve cats Rubell. and the yeah. fall of Studio 54. <laughs> oh my God. You know, my, my first exposure to Studio 54, or I guess my deepest exposure to it is the film with Ryan Phillippe. I think it's called 54. Four, right, Dylan? Yeah. Oh, yes, it yeah. is. That's right, with Mike Myers, right? Isn't yes. That? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He plays Steve Rubell, I believe, right? Or That's right. Thinking? And yeah. also uh, Christina Alabato was in that as well. That was yes, Christina Alabato. Friend yes, of the pod. Friend, friend of the pod. pod. I also need to give her a shout out because we had Julie Benko on last week, who's the standby for Fanny Bryce. And we were telling Julie that we've had basically every single member of the first national tour of Spring Awakening. But we've also had Christina Alabato and I, I left her off the list, unfortunately, but we recorded that episode pre-pandemic. So you have to give me some some grace here in forgetting what happened because, you know, either I remember things very clearly or things are a total blur. So anyway. We were just talking about so that yesterday. That entire time is now like one big wash of I don't know what. It's like a class. Like, what year was that? Did I uh-huh. Like, what city was that? No idea. <laughs> 100 I, I joke that summer 2019 was our last good summer have you ever watched real housewives of new york no and i need that's okay to, i know i'm sorry that's okay Bye. you know if there would have been a time i would have said to do it during the pandemic there's a there's a woman on the show named carol radswell who always says that she has only a few good summers left and i always joke that <laughs> summer 2019 was our last good summer because now it's everything's covid beyond that so oh my god that is so funny and so tragic what <laughs> tragic more what? tragic i'm just kidding we're, oh, we're having a great summer now i mean you were just on the tony awards yes like, was that fun was that your first time performing there no i did it 10 years ago and um and i but it was I, at I remember it you. was at the beacon so it was my first time at Radio City, and I, I, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, honestly, I, I love Joaquina. I mean, I love our whole cast, but I'm very close to Joaquina, and we kind of share a dressing room. We're, we're right beside each other. We share a main space, and I've just never, honest to God, I've never wanted anything more for a person in my life. I just thought, you know, if anybody in the world, she so deserves, and I hate saying the word deserve because so many people deserve a lot of things, but she has earned this and she's worked hard for it. And not just that, more importantly, she is one of the kindest and most grounded people I've ever met. She's a mom. She is just so incredibly generous and loving. So my, as soon as she won, we were all the girls, we were all <laughs> getting out of our costumes and tears just shot out of my eyes. Like I, I just could like, we were all screaming. We were so excited for her. That was one of the most emotional. I mean, it was a long ceremony. I can only imagine being there. People complained about the length. I'm in my opinion, we love theater. It's all we want. It's all we missed. Let it be four hours. Let it be five hours, whatever. But um, I can imagine being there. It was long, but her performance injected such life 
I mean, all of your performance did. I, I wish there was a little more choreo, I will say. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then when she won with Cynthia and Danielle, it was just unreal. The, ma- the magic in the room, I can only imagine the way it felt. I mean, honestly, I thought that they had, they had to have planned it because I was like, clearly, if they're having those people present the mm-hmm. award, they know it's going to be. But no, they didn't. That was just pure luck. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, that is the fates just stepping in and giving her her friends to give her that award. I know. That's you so. Know, it reminds me of a couple of years ago when Gavin Creel won for Hello Dolly, Sutton Foster presented that award. And I remember thinking like, oh, how perfect is that? Oh, yeah. No, that is just, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, the performance was incredible at the Tonys. I mean, Connor and I absolutely loved Paradise Square. It's combined all of our favorite things. And we have, we had Sidney DuPont on the show earlier this spring. <gasps> and love him. And yeah. he loves you, by the oh, way. Yeah. Oh, I love him too. My gosh, we did beautiful together. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's and his style. <gasps> oh my God. My goodness, he's so beautiful. And he puts everything together. I'm like, how do you do that? It's, so. it's not fair. Before I forget, you I mentioned know. that Joaquina is a mother. You're also a mother. Do your kids know each other? No, they've actually never met, which is sort of tragic. But you know, it's been difficult I with know. the with the pandemic. And when we were in Chicago, that's when she had her son okay. uh, full time, and my son wasn't there. So now I have my kid full time. He's actually in there watching Home Alone. Oh, Home <laughs> Alone, that's so cute. <laughs> no, that is- He's a child of the '80s. He watches Back to the Future and Home Alone, and he, you know all of these. 80s well, yeah, you're raising him right. You're raising I him correct. It. Is that like his favorite movie now, Home Alone? I think it's between that and Back to the Future. He's pretty obsessed with Back to the Future. You know, he's got like a, an actual hoverboard, like a you know, like from the Back to the Future mm-hmm. movies. You know, the pink one. Yeah. It doesn't work, but he pretends. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> How sweet. Yeah. How old is he? Uh, he's seven. Okay. And he's a, he's a drummer. He, uh, he's been studying the drums for the last four years with Emma, who's our, who's our drummer on Broadway for Paradise Square. And she was a sub and come from away on Broadway for a long time. No so she's been teaching him for like a very long time. Um, I'm sure he yeah. loves her. That's so cool. Oh, it's pretty great. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. it's, it's sort of like that thing, like it's unavoidable at times when your mom or your dad is like, a musician there's got to be some sort of musical bone in your body well it's so cute because when he i think he was three and i was like somebody said oh what do you want to do he said i want to play in the band while mommy sings on the stage exploding that's beautiful it's, oh my god oh god I love that is it. really cute i'm curious about as we said you you've done beautiful you were in the band's visit on tour and i mean don't listen to your incredible resume what's it like being in a brand new original musical on Broadway. I mean, I, I imagine that's quite different than doing something in a pre-established property. Absolutely. It, I mean, it's my, it's honestly my dream come true. It's the, it's the one thing I've always wanted to do. And I'm very, very grateful to be doing it. I mean, uh, you know, creating new work is, is just, I, for me, you know, it's the top of the top of the list. Uh, when did Annie O'Brien come into your life? Well, actually, last summer. It's so funny because I used to joke uh, with a with a friend that, um, you know, Garth just called me out of the blue and said, you know, hey, I'm gonna basically change your life. Like, here's I want to offer you this part, and I was like, wait a minute, like <laughs> middle of the <laughs> pandemic, and I'm, you know, we're all struggling to make ends meet, and I'm hoping that theater will come back sometime. Like, I don't right. know when. You know, I'm trying to run my company, and there's just a lot of stress. And, uh, you know, when he calls me and he's like, I want to offer you this role. And and we were joking that, like, Broadway's calling. They're offering you the you Broadway time. <laughs> they literally were. It was literally Broadway on the phone. It's like, who's on the phone? Broadway. They're offering me a part. <laughs> and so it was sort of that. I mean, and, you know, and obviously I, I auditioned for, um, for 
for Moises because he had to sign off on me. And okay, uh, but I already knew Jason, you know, very well because we'd worked together for years on Beautiful, and um, you know, so it was sort of this wonderful thing that kind of fell into my lap, and I was very, very grateful. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. And it is a scene stealing, amazing role. You are truly terrific in this show. Every time you came on stage, it was that levity that we needed, but also you went there. You, there were some deep moments. There were some deep moments. Yes. In act two, that's for sure. But yeah, she's in definitely like a stand and I'm going to be very loud and say funny things. <laughs> <laughs> and you're so fierce too. I have this like vision of you, like running around on stage, like just, I feel like you were toting a gun at one point. I don't know if you actually were, yes. but I have that in my memory. Yep. Well, I started off actually in rehearsals with two guns. I had a holster with two pistols. <laughs> one of them, it was a bit too Annie Oakley. So we got rid of the holster sure. and it was just the one. But I do wear the one a lot during the show, which is super fun. There used to be a line about, who's a good shot? You know, and me chucking guns at people, you know. Oh, that's so anyway, fun. But, um, I loved Paradise Square because although it was, there was a lot of heavy content, I felt like parts of it were campy at times. And that's what I love about the theater. Like, I want to be entertained and also feel things. So I feel like that's why it's such a great, it was a surprise to me because I didn't really know much about it going into it, but it was just such a great time at the theater. So thank you for the performance. And I hope people are going to see it and taking a chance on original material, you know? Oh, yes. My, I mean, me too. That's the hope, right? Is that we just stay open and that people come and that they, you know, everybody keeps saying they love our show. I was like, good, we'll tell your friends. Yeah, but it does seem to be, um, you know, it's, tr it's tricky with COVID because I think people are still a little bit nervous to be in the theater, but it seems to be picking up and, you know, and people seem to be getting more confident. Oh, love it. Yeah. Good. That's that's amazing. I'm curious about your your just creation of the role. How much of Annie was the same when you started out with her? And sort of a second part to that is, did you base her off of anybody that you know or anybody in your life? <laughs> that's a great question. Okay, so the first part is, yeah, she's it's just changed quite a bit uh, since definitely since the first time I read the script. Uh, the script has changed a lot. Sydney told us that too. It's changed so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, and just sort of the balance of the show has changed a lot. So you know, it's it's just been this constant, and that's sort of what you sign up for too with a brand new sure. show. Like you never know. Sometimes some roles get cut entirely, or some get you know blown out and and made bigger, and or the you know the the nature of them changes. So yeah, there's been some changes with that for sure, and um, and the 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 woman that I sort of loosely based it on, because I mean my my half of my family is Irish, my dad okay. is Irish, but I also my my ex husband was from the east coast of Canada, and you know Canadian east coast culture is very very similar to Irish culture. It was oh, all just really? Irish immigrants coming over, and it's funny because my dad and his brother wrote a book called Kennedy, and it's all about the potato farmers, like the immigrants coming over on the boats and settling in um, in Canada. So anyway, uh, very similar to them coming over to New York. So anyway, my, my ex-husband's family, his mother-in-law was somebody that I was very close to before she passed away. And she was a firecracker. And her sister-in-law was a firecracker. And I used to spend so much time with them. And they smoked in the house. And they were from potato farming families. And it's not a good night without a good fight. And that's how they talk on the East Coast. And it's very similar to Irish. Irish and it's very complicated because you can't sort of get them mixed up, the accents. But, you know, she was, uh, she would make you stop crying. Like if she was telling you something emotional, you would have to stop crying before she would continue with the story because they couldn't take emotion. It's all just like berry, 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 berry. Wow. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I mean, I guess her and her relatives, I sort of based that on. But she was always there for you. Like even though she was a tough, tough, tough broad, she would sit up until two in the morning and talk over anything you wanted to talk about you could tell her um, anything very religious um but still, you know but very like irish catholic but very oh yeah 
very open and uh, great people. What a beautiful tribute then yeah. that you get to sort of embody her. That's, that's really special. And I think about her every night. Like every time I come off stage, I think, you know, I do certain things that just remind me of what she used to do with me when I was, you know, when I was younger and it's just sweet. That's, I, that's really special. I love it. We come from an Irish Catholic family. So I feel like I, I connect to it and I understand exactly what you're saying. Totally. It's that toughness, right? It's that toughness mixed with like a tough, well, tough love, but also, I don't know, like this sort of deep, rich history and um you know pain but also joy like they i think mm-hmm. the irish community really they know how to have a good time yeah. <laughs> and that's why east coast canada is so famous for like oh kitchen parties and everybody has a few too many on the weekend and <laughs> <laughs> kitchen parties that's I, I don't know if i've heard that before oh god everybody brings their baron and their fiddle and like we sit in the kitchen like and we all sing and it's just like it's almost kind of i can't believe this is <laughs> I go. So you mentioned you mentioned that your dad and was it your uncle wrote a book called yes. kennedy yeah. so obviously no relation to the the american dynasty of the kennedys well but he, you know my dad always jokes that there's a very distant relation you know and that we always <laughs> all come from the same place but i'm not sure so okay I don't know. okay question mark and what is your name irish or is it what where is your, i've never heard your name before shalina before oh no shalina is actually actually corsican i mean i'm not corsican but the the name uh, is Corsican. And my great grandmother was Selena. It was uh, S-C-E-L-I-N-A. So oh, that's pretty. my dad liked that it was similar to, oh, to her. Beautiful. I love that. Well, I think Dylan and I are kind of thinking the same thing, but we were talking about your family and your upbringing and where you're from. And something we do like to talk to all of our guests about is that moment in their life, which is often in childhood, but sometimes comes later. Sometimes we get a later in life moment of realization of what we want to do with our lives or our interest to the arts. So we like to call it the ring of keys moment, borrowing that, that scene from fun home where she has this moment of true recognition where she identifies (laughs) with, with something. And we, we borrow it for our podcast because we like to have it be that moment when you realize you loved the performing arts or the entertainment world in any way. Do you feel like you can pinpoint it to that, to to one moment or, or a couple moments? Oh, I mean, it's tricky. I mean, I'm sort of one of those annoying people that like always knew that I wanted to do it. I mean, I was in grade, I don't know. I think I was in grade one and I used to I was the girl who used to ignore the teacher and I would get up out of my seat and pirouette and she'd be like Shalina sit down like we you know you got to focus and I was always wanting to be an actor or singer whatever anything so I think probably the big I mean I was already doing it by the time I was four so I would say probably the first time I came to New York and I saw Cats that was my first show on Uh. Broadway and I was like but it wasn't like an aha moment. It was like, of course, this is what I already wanted to do. And now it's confirmed. Uh, and then I saw, I remember seeing the touring production, I think, of Les Mis in Winnipeg. Uh, and I was like, ooh, this is it. Like, this is the show that I want to be in. And um, and then there's another story about that later. But um, I think probably there was another moment where, because I was a dancer for a very long time, and I saw a show at Stratford. And I remember that was the first moment that I saw people doing something on stage that I felt that I could do as well. I was like, oh, I know that I could do that. Like, I know that I want to do it, but I know now that I can do it. Seeing them do it, I can envision myself in this company and doing what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, that's so special. About the Les Mis thing, because it's ironic, because I've always wanted to play Fantine. That was like the big role that I've always wanted to do. And my father, it's his favorite show, and he watches it every year, you know, that 75th anniversary or whatever Uh it is, or the 25th anniversary of it, where Mm -hmm. they do it on... It's like all the Valjeans from all over the world. Oh, and they come ooh, on. It's yes. amazing. <laughs> and my dad cries and he loves it so much. Anyway, he's always wanted me to play that role. So I booked it. I was supposed to do that role after the band's visit. So I only did the band's visit for six months because I didn't want to leave my son for that long. 
And then I was supposed to go and do Fantine. So I was taking a little bit of time off before I went into rehearsals for that. And I had my fitting for all my costumes. And they literally just sent me my script and the pandemic hit and everything shut down. So I was like telling everybody, like, finally, I'm going to be able to play this role. And my dad, you know, before he dies, is going to be able to see me as Fantine. And then so I'm hoping that one day, you know, at some point in my life, you know, in the near future, that'll happen. I see it for you. Like that, that feels correct. It's just such a great role, and it's been part mm-hmm. of our lives for such a long oh time. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, Now, wait. So, what? Where was it going to be? Was it that tour that goes around? Well, or? again, sort of like the way that Beautiful did. They wanted me to do it in Toronto, and because there's no, oh. there wasn't a Toronto company, it was going to sit down in Toronto for the whole summer. So, I was going to join oh. it, you know, just before it sat down in Toronto. I'm so bummed that it didn't happen. <laughs> I know. I hope it will, though, at one point. I mean, it's, it you know, will. and my dad, it's not like my dad, you know, he's, he's in his seventies. I'm sure we've yeah. got time. <laughs> good. Well, he'll stay in good health and this production will come along eventually or a different production because I would love to hear you sing. I dreamed a dream. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. I would love to sing it. My favorite Fontaine moment yeah, is actually is at the, the end when she, you know, the ghost comes out and she's singing to, to Valjean. It's, it gives me the chills every time, actually, even just to think about it. To love another person is to see the face of God. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. That is it's so amazing. beautiful. It makes me cry every yeah. time. Yeah, it's it's so good. Did you see the revival they did? Was it 2014 with, with Rami? Yes, I and... did. I saw okay. that in Toronto. Yes. Okay. Oh, so good. He's he's just amazing. When I'm thinking about your Toronto roots, do you know Paul Nolan then? I know that he's like a big I sure Canadian do. Fella. Yes, I yeah. know him very well. Oh, yeah. Well, because he was in Jesus Christ Superstar, right? Yes. Okay. Was he Jesus or was he, no, Josh Young was Judas. That's right. And he was, he was Jesus. Paul was okay. Jesus. Oh my God. I remember that Tony's performance. I could see it all so clearly. Like I remember you, I remember everything about that, that what a cool, cool experience. I, I remember that was sort of a surprise that that came in that revival. Yeah, probably. I mean, I remember <laughs> because we did it in Stratford and then we went to La Jolla with it and, um, and we just couldn't believe that we were all going to Broadway. It was like one of these, like, you know, it was like, Canadian show and I mean Canadian production of of the show and it was Desmac enough and so when we he said that the show was going to Broadway I guess we all sort of thought well they'll probably take maybe a couple of us and you know that'll be it and when Des was like we're taking everybody <laughs> flipped out <laughs> so it was so many people's Broadway debuts it was really exciting you know and to come to this community and to be embraced and it was it was great it was wonderful that was sort of your introduction to all of us but I'm I know that you did so much leading up to that moment beforehand. I feel like I cut you off when I was mentioning Paul, but had you worked with him before the, that Broadway experience? Yes, we had worked together in Stratford. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and is that that's like a theater company, right? Yes, Str- the Stratford Festival is. Um, it's actually one of the one of the world's leading Shakespeare companies. Um, you know, after after uh, the Royal Shakespeare Company, um, and then they also do these wonderful musicals. And when Des was there, you know, he he really kind of put it on the, the, the global map. Is he sort of like the artistic director? Or yeah, for like a while. We, I mean, we've been through lots of wonderful artistic directors, Richard Minette, uh, but Des McEnough came in and, and really kind of gave it a lot of shine that I think, mm-hmm. you know, the, the definitely the musicals needed. Was that where the Lord of the Rings musical happened? No, no, that was Mervish. That was in Toronto. And that okay. was super fun. Oh my gosh, you want to talk about like... I'm glad you got <laughs> it. We were, we were such huge fans of those movies. And I remember when these beautiful production shots came out and everything about it what was that experience like well I just I was such a nerd and I wanted so badly I was like I'm gonna serve coffee in that show I don't care what I do in that show like I will I don't 
you just tell me what to do and I'll be there. So I was, I remember training for it because they put us through our paces. That was when I was like really a dancer. And, um, and so I was, you know, I was like training, training, training. And they put us through this like army boot camp and all kinds of people were like vomiting after their auditions because it was so intense. So when I, you know, when I got the call that I got in, I was so proud because we'd all been through this, you know, these crazy paces. Um, and it was amazing. Like, you know, they were very, very strict about who got to audition for what, because I was, you know, I'm five foot three. And so I fit in the Hobbit category. So that's the category that I belonged in. And then they had the medium people and then the tall people who were playing the elves. <laughs> but the fun thing was, is that um, they, I got to play an elf at one point, but I was one of the elves that they put in stilt shoes. So I was six foot one and they, like, they put me in these cool shoes with, um, Anyway, I had like long blonde hair. It was really just amazing. So I went from Hobbit with these like hairy feet, <laughs> this very, very tall elf. And I got to dance in these shoes with candles, like on this rotating stage. I mean, it was very complicated. The staging itself was insane. I mean, I remember one time, God, we had like seven moving pieces that went up and down and then this ring that went in the opposite direction. And we were also on a rake. So I remember at one point, a friend of mine who was playing an orc, he had this big scary <laughs> mask on. He was jumping from one you know, up and down rotating piece of set to another one, but he missed. And so he fell off the stage and he fell into this old lady's lap in the front row and she started screaming <laughs> and he's got his orc mask and he's the sweetest person you've ever met. And he's got like his orc mask on. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, screaming in her face. And she's just, ah! <laughs> and so oh the other orcs had to put their little crutches in the audience and fish him out. Oh, oh my was, God. Like, There's so many stories about that, that musical, <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. I mean, again, creating a brand new piece of theater. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's everything I wanted to do. Did it sort of focus on the Fellowship of the Ring? No, it focused on all three books, which I think is kind of partly yeah. why it, you know, it didn't end up succeeding. It's just too much. It was yeah. so much information, um, wow. you know, and they did their best. And it was Matthew Warchus. I mean, brilliant people. Oh, I mean, yeah, genius. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if they did it in yeah. like an Angels in America style two-part show, you know, it could work and they could jam it into, you know a matinee in an evening but that's what i wanted for it or like the you know the original the harry potter you can go in three yes. parts or whatever that would have been amazing too but you know that was funny we did a dance variation in brie i remember being paired with jesse robb who's like dude i think he's like six two or something <laughs> oh right? God. broadway choreographer and i was like this little you know farty brie lander tiny <laughs> but it was back when i was really doing all kinds of really fun things and so we were doing this um this duet together uh with a bench and i remember like running up the bench and he was holding it and then he would run off the bench and I would hold it and then I got on my back and he would jerk the bench and I did like a backflip off of the bench like we did <laughs> really wild. fun stuff and I look back and I was like wow I forgot that I did that stuff <laughs> that's amazing well because you said it's all three I would say it was AON in the, the two towers oh that would have been amazing was she in the show did they have that character she was but I, she was my friend who was uh, we went to school together and she's tall she's just a few inches taller and that's why you were quite a few you inches were tall. hided out of that one yep. that is so funny I was hiding out of everything except <laughs> That's what, I, I, I wonder if there's any music available online to listen to to, to the Lord of the Rings because I would be. Yeah, it is gorgeous. Yeah, and again, like with the accents and the languages, like we had to learn Elvish and the dark language of Mordor and do all these fun things. That's crazy. I love it. I love it so much. You know, some things they work well on stage, they don't. But I could see that working well with the magic of you know, the fantasy and everything like that. There's some really beautiful moments and some excellent stagecraft. For sure. What was your first experience working in the States? Oh, that was Mamma Mia. So I did the tour for two and a half years. Wow. And, uh, 
Yeah, I loved it. And it was like before cell phones really were a thing. So, you know, it was like the first national tour. We were in LA for like three months and all these fun places for a long time. And like long enough to where you can get roommates and rent a house and go to the beach and just have fun. It was a really great introduction to being in the States. I love Mamma Mia so much. Love it. And you were Sophie. Yeah, I was. It was fun. Maybe one day you can play Donna. Not for a while. God, I would love that. That's on my list of roles I would oh, love yeah. to play. Not too soon, though. Not too soon. You're not, you were aging you out of that one now. I know. I know. It'll be a while. What else is on the list? I mean, we've got Fontaine, we've got Donna. What are other roles that you are just dying to sink your teeth into? Well, you know, I've always wanted to play, I always, I keep saying this and I don't think it's ever going to happen, but, you know, knock on wood, maybe. Uh, Guinevere and Camelot. I've, you know, I've been in it, I've directed it. <laughs> I've never actually played Guinevere and I just love that role and I think there's so much I don't know I just think it's a beautiful show and there's a million I mean there's a million shows that haven't been written yet there's a million plays that I would love to do there's just so much you know and then of course you're a writer yourself yes so you have this musical that that you co-wrote with someone who he works with the good fight on the good fight yeah so eric holmes uh he's one of the writers on the good fight and it used to be called call it love and now we've re- we've retitled it uh without her oh. and uh yeah it's exciting we've we've Ooh. we've uh, we're moving forward we're doing a uh, a concept album we've got oh my gosh. Uh, we've got some great support around the project and a lead producer and um we're going to go ahead and, and do the concept album this summer. Wait, congrats. Will you be performing at all in it? Or is it you're taking that step back? And Yeah, I'm going to sort of take a bit of a step back and just be the writer on this one. But I think there might be a secret bonus track there somewhere. If oh, you take a look. Okay, okay. I might be on that. <laughs> what is the show about? <laughs> uh, well, it's, in a nutshell, it's about a woman who uh, wakes up in a hospital. She has no idea who she is or how she got there. And she starts to piece her life together. Uh, and three loves come back into her memory uh, and she starts to revisit you know who she's hurt and how she kind of got to where she is in her life and then act two takes us uh 18 years later to her her son's experience uh and getting to know his mom so there's i don't want to say too much because i don't want to like ruin things but it's a mystery the chills that i just got that sounds amazing thanks well it's, it's fun we've we've you know we've really been working on it especially over the last year, you know, and during the pandemic, mm-hmm. we had a lot of time to, to sink our teeth into it. We did a wonderful outdoor concert presentation of it in Canada, in Stratford, at this oh, cool. brand new venue at the museum. It was gorgeous. We had like a rock and roll sound guy. And so it sounded incredible with a four-piece band and some great singers. Uh, it was nice to hear it out loud. And we learned a lot. Yeah. I can't wait. Wait, can you say who's going to be on the album or is it still locked up for now i don't know if That's i'm okay. i don't know if i'm allowed to because they, they don't, haven't signed don't anything yet i mean there's gonna let me just say there's gonna be some couple already really great people that i'm very okay. excited about that i wish i could tell you and our <laughs> yeah and we're gonna be working uh, with uh you know broadway records and um and michael moritz who's just amazing he's a you know emmy and um i think tony winning yeah uh music producer and he's worked with like cynthia revo and james taylor and all these incredible people Andy Lopper. Yeah, he's incredible. I worked at 54 Below for all the years leading up to the pandemic, and he was always there music directing or stuff like that. Yes. He, I know he yeah, yeah, yeah. Leo Butts a lot, and oh, I just yeah, love, yeah. and he's like my favorite. I, yeah. The concept of this show, it, it sounds so intriguing to me. I mean, both acts in general feel Sondheimian in a way that, you know, it's almost like Sunday in the Park with George where the second act takes like a, a very different turn. But the first act is giving me like... um What's this? What's the story of the guy who wakes up 
Um, he like falls asleep and then he wakes up and then he has to go back. I forget, but, and it's also kind of giving Ebenezer Scrooge. Do you like how vague that was? <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, the guy who falls asleep. I, I, yes, if I yes. say the name, you guys might know it, but then it's also kind of giving like ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. So I feel like it's very, this, it's going to be so fun. Also Mama Mia vibes, the three dads, like there's something, there's something in there. Well, the rule of threes, the rule of threes yeah. is always. True. Yeah. And, right. you know, and they always try to say, well, like, what's it like? And we've sort of been landing. I mean, I just sort of hate doing that because I don't want to, you know, put it in a box. But I guess it's also kind of like once meets next to normal a little bit in the first act as well. Oh, so, gosh. you know, there's. Well, can you see my once poster oh. right behind me? Like, literally, like, I am a oh. upset. I can't believe you done too. No, that's another one. I, I you know what? I. Yeah, it's another one that I. Okay, my. Now it's got to be you and Paul Nolan, a one night only concert. Guy and girl. Well, you know, we we were in talks to perhaps do it in Toronto, uh, but we never we never got there. So yeah, oh, that would be wonderful. Bridges in Madison County is another one too that I would love to do. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, that music that that might be one of my favorite, you know, original scores of the last decade. I have to say, I listen to it all the time. Mm, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Also, I looked yeah. it up. This the, the story I'm thinking of of the guy who falls asleep like in the mountains and wakes up in the future is Rip Van Winkle. I don't know if you've heard of oh, Rip Van Winkle, okay. but anyway, yes, I have. yeah, it's like a folk folk, folk story or something. Shalina, like that, right? I love that you're the you're literally the hometown hero of Toronto. It, it, I know. everything you say, you're kind of like, oh yeah, it was probably gonna happen there. It's gonna happen there. Like, and you mentioned that you know people know you as Carol on Broadway, but what what is your like? What do people know you from there? Or are you just the, the, the doyenne of, of Toronto? You're the star. Well, I think, you know, it, it's sort of, I mean, I got my start at the Shaw Festival and, you know, playing Anna Green Gables at the Charlottetown Festival. Oh, it's kind of yes. like my big role out of school. And um, and then, you know, I, I, I guess I sort of did the starring roles at Stratford and, and that was probably the kind of where people really got to know me. Well, more and more people are going to continue to know you. I mean, if they don't already know you for the iconic roles you've done, I see so much for you and I'm excited about all the different facets of things you have going on, the writing, the performing, the motherhood, everything that you've got. It's, you are so, you're the, you're the total package. You are so amazing. Thank you and very much. You're very sweet. I feel so lucky that you've chatted with yeah, us today. It's my and before we say goodbye, we do like to end on a dose of drama, something to leave our listeners with to think about the drama of life, the drama of pop culture, the drama of theater, the drama of our everyday experiences. And I'm going to kick off my dose of drama today because I haven't mentioned this on the podcast yet, but like a month or so ago, Harry Styles dropped his third album and it's his best one yet. It's absolutely amazing. I it's love amazing. all the songs. I feel like he finally sonically found his his sweet spot. He sounds amazing. The storytelling is great. Um, it's music. I actually, you know, li- I, I don't mind listening to it from start to finish. So he, he's killing it. And is he an actor? I guess we'll find out this year with a couple of films he's in, but yeah. I feel like he's one of our biggest stars and I'm so glad that he's delivering on um, the music. It feels like it's just the right moment for him. So I agree. I love it. Love it. Are you a Harry Styles um, person, Shalina? I really, yeah, I love him. I think he's great. Yeah, <laughs> he is so good. I know he's 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 like so. I think everyone loves him, or they're just like afraid of what he's he's cha- the way he's kind of rocking the boat a little bit. So I had a moment in Chicago because I was staying with a friend who's a music guy. He used to run Lollapalooza, and he well, I was literally in the middle of rehearsals, and when COVID was crazy and we weren't supposed to go out anywhere, and he's like, "Do you want to come see Harry Styles with me?" And I was like, "You're killing me right now! I can't go." <laughs> and yes, I would love to go and see him live. And so he sent me videos all night. And I was like, "I hate you." It was so good. <laughs> Oh, he's so good. Oh, and that new album is amazing. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay, my dose of drama is I'm feeling Canadian today. 
Shalina, because of you, <laughs> is they announced two new Drag Race franchise spinoff series or whatever. One of them is Canada versus the world of the of the Drag Race scenario, and then Canada Canada's Drag Race season three. And I'm so excited, and I live, live, live for drag. Everyone knows that, and I cannot wait to see these new queens get the spotlight. That is so exciting. Love it. I know, and I've learned so much about Canadian culture through it. They they do a great job of like really educating the viewer who might not know a lot about just all the different cultures that kind of blend together in Canada and everything. It's really cool. It is cool. And how different drag is in each area, in each big city Mm -hmm. in Canada. The Montreal Queens, you know, it's just, it's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Shalina, do you have a dose of drama to send us home on today? Well, you know, I was thinking about it and I couldn't really choose one, but you know, I've been working on, I think I do. Yes. And because it's Pride Month and I think this is just suitable, I'm working on this incredible new show. It's a brand new show called Rough Trade. And I don't know if you know Carol Pope. She was a huge rock star in the 1980s. She's Canadian, but she had the big hit High School Confidential. Do you remember that? And and when she performed it live, there'd be like a drag queen. Anyway, she, she like, Mm -hmm. she paved the way. She's like an iconic Canadian lesbian rock star who just paved the way for so many people, did things before anybody else was doing them. She is such a badass. I love her. I love her. I love her. Anyway, she and I and Kate Rigg and Robert McQueen have been working on this incredible new show that Kate Rigg has written. It's all Carol Pope's musical and Rough Trade. And it's about the AIDS epidemic in the 80s. And I just want to say, like, her music, if you can get it, like, get into it. it, There's so, she has so many albums. She has so many different sounds, all the way from, like, the High School Confidential sound that everybody knows to, like, Uh newer stuff. You know, she's got some really funny ones, like Lesbians in the Forest. Like, she's just so funny. And she's so political and uh she's got great messages in her music and i just i love her so so much she's incredibly brave and if it weren't for her i mean she was such an activist in the 80s as well so just a really a person worth knowing so i would just encourage people to check her out how cool then you get to work with her and that she's so involved yeah it's just super cool and also to like to play her you know it's another another Mm -hmm. person who's still living who's incredibly cool that i just look up to so much and another carol with an e which is hilarious (laughs) i I pictured pictured it with no e so that's interesting um wait dylan i did too we're we're twins today well i guess every day but so is the title rough trade is that like one of her songs or albums or that was her band in her band okay her band in the 80s yeah oh my god well i have to listen it's pride month treat for us Shalina, you were the busiest person I've ever met. <laughs> I don't know how you keep all these different plates spinning. Like you're starring in a Broadway show, you're a mother, you're working on, you know, your original musical, you're working on this one. I mean, I don't know how you do it. Well, you know, I, I don't know. It's funny because I, I mean, we joke a lot, uh, especially with the theater company that I, I I'm a, the artistic producer of a theater company in yes. Canada, but also like I'm, you know, I'm not doing a ton of that right now just because I don't have the time. Uh, but, you know, I, we always joke, the artistic director and I, that, you know, you have to ask the busiest people to do things because they're always the ones who get it done because you just sort of find like your little moments in the day where you just kind of, you know, so I've learned how to be very efficient with my time (laughs) and sort of kill three birds with one stone. But thank you. That's a a nice compliment. That is very... That's really, really true. Well, I'm glad we asked you to do this podcast then, because of course you'd, you'd agree to do it while you're already busy with the <laughs> Well, I, you know, I love it. I love it. And I, I, you know, I do like to be busy with things that I love and I find that it inspires the rest of it. Like if, if I'm working on, you know, three different shows, they're each going to inspire the other thing and I'm going to learn something different from each one that's going to make me a better artist and then I'll serve the other pieces better too, you know? Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Well, thank you for sharing all of it with us today. You 
are so amazing. You're so cool. I, I literally, I am obsessed. Everyone can, of course, follow you on Twitter and Instagram. It's just your name, Shalini right. Kennedy, right? All right. And of course, everyone needs to buy tickets to see Paradise Square. It is, you cannot miss it. It's, it's such an amazing show. It's for this moment in time too. It's, it's, I think it's an important show for people to see. And Connor, where can people find us? At the Drama Podcast, Twitter, Instagram. You're at Dylan McDowell on everything. I'm at Connor McDowell on everything. Wow. That's really lucky that we, I'm thinking about it lately when we read people's handles that we got our own name. I know. I know. I guess all, all three, three of us, all did. three of us here, <laughs> <laughs> except for the drama podcast. That's that was a tough one. That was a tough one because it's not called the drama podcast technically, but that's what people call it now. But anyway, that's besides the point. It is Dylan, what it is. This was so fun. I know. Thank you so much for spending this time with us today. It was my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And Connor, I will see you next time. Drama. drama.